by Phil Hayes. And, you know, we go and seek out the most interesting articles from around the internet to add to strugglestate.com. And, you know, Phil, if I would have said, can you predict what would be going on in the year 2020? Would you have taken that bet? Would you have been able to predict what is happening right now? The COVID outbreak, the civil unrest, um, the the world that we live in today, filled with government shutdowns, unease, racial tension, the works. I mean, never. I would never have predicted this. I wouldn't even predicted it, you know, a couple months ago. I wouldn't either, but it turns out that there's a researcher who predicted this all the way back in 2010, and that's who our article is about today. Um, This article is coming to us, and it was titled, This Researcher Predicted 2020 Would Be Mayhem. Here's what he says may come next. And that, as we get into it, that might be the scarier part here, because if if he was right about that, he, uh, and, and he continues on his streak here. I'm a little scared about what this is, um, foreshadowing here, but, uh, his name is Peter Turchin. And, um, about a decade ago, uh, he predicted that widespread civil unrest would sweep through the U S in 2020. Um, and now when I read that, I'm thinking, who's this guy? Nostradamus? Yeah, exactly. Is he, is he, uh, is he really, does he really know what he's talking about? And, or was he one of those kooks that just throws out a bunch of random right. theories and hopes that one of them sticks? And the interesting thing about this, Phil, um, is that, you know, this was based on mathematics. I yeah. mean, this is a scientific approach to predicting that this year was going to be the year. Yeah, he didn't have it come to him in a dream. He wasn't making it up. It wasn't a prediction. This was a scientific formula that he used um, to figure out that this was going to be a probability around this time. Yeah, and I think that uh, that's that's what really threw people off in the beginning was that you know people really weren't getting the fact that this guy was you know making these predictions based on logic right. and reasoning. It wasn't something that he's trying to be some. Uh, Svengali here. And, and, uh, you know, he's just, he's simply a, a, a teacher of cultural evolution at the university of Connecticut. He is not a, uh, uh, one of those guys like uh, psychic Sylvia Brown, exactly uh, going to the plate here and making these predictions, but it's scary because he was so accurate to the, and, and initially they said around 2020, but I mean, the fact that it hit exactly <laughs> yeah. in this year is very interesting. Um, so let's just talk about some of the things that we're going through right now that kind of make 2020 this, this mayhem of a year, um, you know, global c- pandemic check mm-hmm. record unemployment rates check. Uh, national unrest over the death of George Floyd, which we all know has turned into a, a combination of anger, uh, social justice uh, seekers, uh, protesters, and then we've seen the wave of uh, riots and looting that has resulted as well. And I think just a lot of fear and mistrust in our system. 
Yeah, and it's like you kind of got hit with the double whammy there because you you have the COVID situation going on and you have the government kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut off saying, uh, do this, now don't do this. Um, the whole thing with wear a ma- don't wear a mask at first and now they're saying, yes, wear a mask. They keep going back and forth. I think there's a lot of mistrust um, in the government right now. And then when you have something like the George Floyd situation happen, everyone's like, all right, I've had enough. Yeah. We're going at it. The party's over, guys. Yep. It's time to uh, revolution is on the horizon yeah. here. And and there are people in the streets, even in our small town of Romeo, uh, there was a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protest in the streets. I mean, so every community is being affected in some degree. Um, I, and I wonder too, with this, if, if back in 2010, you know, the social media wasn't nearly what it was now and and not, not in our, our, our daily feed the way it is today. So I, so, I mean, he didn't even have that on his radar that this would almost be the powder keg kind of fueling everything. And now we're surrounded by conspiracy theories and, and, um, misinformation and, and fear, uh, coming up to an election season. You know, I, I start thinking and I'm like, if he could make this prediction scientifically, because yeah. he did, he took data that was, you know, things in the past that happened, you know, the, the, um, the civil unrest over the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., the, uh, the depression from the, the 1920s. I mean, these yep. things are all hitting in 50 year spans. You go 1920 to 1970 yeah. now to 2020. So this pattern is repeating itself. Doesn't this feel a little like matrixy? Yeah, like it, it feels it like is. we're living in that simulation where it's just like it's a constant reset and we're not making any progress. And it's just like we never reach that next level because we're we're kind of like just repeating ourselves over and over again. And and that's that's why this guy's uh prediction hit the way it did, because we are we are doomed to repeat ourselves. Yeah, and that's the thing is you are going to look back in the history books at uh the year 2020. And it's going to be like, uh, you know, you, when we were in school, you read about MLK and all the, uh, civil rights movements and stuff. And it's like, you are going to read about 2020 in the history books. And it's going to be crazy. The, the historians are going to have a field day with, um, with this year. And, and, you know, Turchin, he, he's, he's not happy that he's right about this either. I mean, he's, he's, uh, and I've, I've, I've actually, since we read this initial, um, uh, like interview from, from time, this write up time.com is where we got it from. But now he's been popping up in my feed from, uh, interviews with vice and yep. other outlets because he's, he's now you're going to hear about him, whether it's through our podcast or somewhere else. Um, you know, but it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, the economic pattern that we're seeing here the declining of wages, the, that massive wealth inequality that we've always talked about for the struggle state here. And, you know, uh, the exploding national debt and social pressures, national instability. I mean, this boiling point is now coming to fruition and he's warning that this ain't it, brother. Yeah, worst this is the worst of it. Are still on the way. What do you What do you think when you hear a statement like that by somebody who was who was so spot on with his previous predictions ten years ago? You know what? I, I'm I've been taking these experts a lot more serious um, ever since COVID because I remember there was a Joe Rogan podcast um, with a gentleman called Michael Michael Osterholm, 
I and listened to that. Yeah. And that was really early into the outbreak. That was real outbreak. early. That was before. I think, I don't even know if Michigan was shut down when that, when he had him on. I no. think the schools were just starting to close yep. and this guy was on, but go ahead. Yeah. And he, he called himself a uh, quote unquote medical detective. And uh, he said he's been tracking infectious diseases for a long time. And when I watched that interview, he said, this is going to go into the summer. This is going to be something where you're going to see, you know, June, July. And I, when I heard that, I was like, this guy is so full of shit. It's yeah. not even why, funny. Why am I even listening to this? It will be two weeks, a month tops. And mind you, this is, in, this is in March, yeah, right? This was right in the beginning. And I tell you what, looking back, it's like, yeah, he was right. I literally thought he was a kook for saying that. Well, and Rogan, I mean, Rogan's got his, his cast of characters that'll be on the show, but I mean, he also has some people who, who really know what they're talking about. And I don't, not to say that every expert is going to be spot on when they start talking about this stuff, because there's some people who purposely go the opposite of, of what, what the data say, says or what you you might believe to be true just so that they can get a little bit more attention or more heat on them. Um, and I think sometimes it might even be dangerous to, to take so much uh, um, into account for some of these guys, like even like Fauci. I mean, Fauci is, it, we heard a lot of different statements coming from him as well. Exactly. But I think this goes way beyond COVID. This is, COVID was like the cherry on top for this. Agreed. Um, because- you know, the other thing that he pointed out, which was really interesting, is that, you know, this administration, the, the current powers that be from the political end, they were simply not prepared for something like this. No. And, and when weren't. everything starts to hit at once, you're looking at, you know, a, in a guy who is from, you know, the business world. He's not experienced in politics. He's not experienced with policy. He's not experienced with putting a team together of people who um, are smart enough or capable enough to handle something like this happening. And that's where your lack of experience comes in. Like, I'm all for, I hate the career politicians. Yeah, me too. Cannot stand them. Right. But there's something to be said for somebody who has... Uh, uh, built a uh, appointed people or, or put together um, a commission of people to, to do certain tasks as it relates to public policy. When, when, when you're a, when you're in the business world, there's not a lot of red tape. When you jump over to politics or government red tape everywhere, (laughs) I've seen both sides of it. I I've, I've, I've volunteered my time in uh, on on boards at a local level, whether they be planning commissions or or um, uh, our local DDA here, and the amount that you can accomplish is so frustrating because it's such a small amount compared to what you can do from the the uh, the flexibility you have as a as a business owner, and you know the thing that is kind of making what, what he says is going to make this last longer, um, is the fact that, you know, when the elite try to overrun politics, that's when revolution starts to kick in. Exactly. And that's when it gets really scary. Whenever I hear the word revolution, I, I get the chills a little bit because I'm like, Oh geez, I I don't, cause for me, I'm not the type of person that's like, I want to be part of it. Let's do it. I'm so I'm comfortable how things are, but not in a sense I am. But do you think that the comfort is, you know, it's, it's kind of that, that idea of, you know, 
it, it, we're all, you know, and I don't want to make this, I, and I'm not going to make this analogy because now yeah. if you say anything, you can really get yourself into trouble. But yeah, well, um, but I, mean, I just, I just said I'm comfortable where I am and it's like, I don't mean it that well, way. Well, no, that's not what I was getting at. I, I basically, we are all, you know, we are all working and, and, you know, creating this system where, where the, the work that we have on a daily basis, somebody is profiting greatly off of what we do. So yeah. we can go spend our money and do everything. It, essentially they're like, we're going to give you just enough for you to be a productive member of society. And there's going to be all these different levels. So there's some people who are doing better than you. There's some people who are doing worse than you, but they're all slowly, they're, they're finding a way to make themselves work in this economy, even though like the things that, um, some people do like going and working at a fast food restaurant for $10 an hour. You would never do that at this point. Right. You're beyond that. Yep. Not everybody is. There's no. somebody who has to do that. And, you know, so when you say revolution, it's only because you're happy with the situation you're in now. Exactly. Because you've gotten adjusted to it. Right. You've gotten you. Now, if you go and you trade positions with somebody who is much better off than you do that for a year. Yeah. Have it all and then have it taken away from you. Then tell me that you still think that things are fair or that things that that this, that there isn't a, a demand for a revolution. And I got to be honest with you. If I'm a person who is struggling right now, yeah. And I'm not talking struggle from the way we do. When we say struggle state, we're talking about getting ahead. There's people who haven't even gotten to the the starting line yet. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm one of those people and I see a a a nation that is fighting against uh, racial inequality, fighting for, for, for jobs, fighting for an economy that we don't know is going, whether or not it's going to exist six months from now, revolution doesn't sound like a bad option. You yeah, know what be, I mean? It, it, right. it's, it's almost like it's necessary. Things need to change. And I think that's why that there's this cycle every about 50 years or so is because things change. Think about the generations our grandparents were much different in their thoughts and their thinking than our parents are. I would say we're different in our thinking, uh, than our parents are. And it's like every generation that comes up, there's going to be a different, a different way of thinking. And I think that's what happens is people say enough is enough. We can't tolerate, um, the way things are right now, because it's not fair to people to be going out, working their asses off and only, and barely scraping by. It's really not fair. And I think it's something where after a while, there's just that boiling point where it bu it bubbles over. Well, it has definitely bubbled over. And, you know, unfortunately, the predictions that are being made here by Mr. Turchin uh, is, is making it sound like we might have about 15 years of this um, uh, th that this crisis could end up lasting for, which 15 years, I mean, you got to think. That is a long ass time. It's I'll a be long, 50 long time. years old in 15 years. Yeah. Um, so, so if we're going through struggles that long, I mean, there is going to be a real systematic shift in this country. Um, and when I heard 15 years, I'm thinking, okay, that might be an over an ex exaggeration a little bit. However, he did give the example. Um, so in South Africa, for example, yep. protests and anger over race and wealth inequality still rankle the country. 26 years after apartheid ended, residents burn tires in almost daily protests. And I, that's according I know to it. the Associated Press. So, I mean, 
you are, you're making that part of your morning routine. Essentially, I'm going to go burn some tires because I'm pissed off for the last 26 years. Kids have gone through high school. They're gone yeah. out of the house. I'm still burning my tires because I'm pissed off. Now it sounds like that's, I mean, that's a somewhat peaceful way to protest. Yeah, I agree. But how did, how did this article end, Phil? What, what, is, what did he predict could be the final boiling point? Do you remember? Because if you don't, I'll tell you. No, go ahead and tell me. So he's worried that the tensions may escalate all the way to a civil war. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. We, okay, so a civil war, for those that don't know, is a war within your own country. Um do you a war with yeah. your fellow citizens, your your fellow countrymen, essentially? Do you see that as a possibility? I, you know what? And with I, looting and 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 the protests and with the with we're seeing police departments be not only defunded but disbanded. Yeah, exactly. Point. And I I would have said no before uh, all this COVID situation, but I I'm telling you, the way that things I've never seen in my life things be so one-sided or the other. It's like, I don't, I don't see many people anymore that are down the middle and you watch these protests and it's like, people are going out to protest, but then you have, um, you know, the other the side, counter, the, the insurgents, the, the counter right. protesters. It's like, we don't, we're not coming out to protest. We're coming out to protest the protesters. I will never understand that. I mean, I get Me it. Either. You, 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 it's, it's basically you, you, you're, you're, you're setting it up so that you're saying that you don't think this person should be able to protest the way they want to. So in turn, you're going to protest the fact that they're protesting, basically contradicting yeah. the fact that you would even be there in the first place. Because if your protest is okay, then so is theirs. Let And I think that's where we're seeing these things come to a head is when you've got two groups of people one is trying to just protest and have their voice be heard and there's opposition the the uh the anger and the heat level rises and now there's this right. powder keg of just anger and destruction and people lash out and one brick is thrown a punch uh gets landed uh the uh, a cop throws his weight around a little too much and all of a sudden now i mean it's scary i've seen some of this i know shit. do you okay so i was i was watching the uh uh, a documentary about uh, LA in the eighties and the nineties. And that was during, you know, Rodney King. Yeah. And you know, there's that, that famous um, scene of the white truck driver being pulled out of the truck. Yeah. Beaten and having a brick just thrown right in his face. I you know you see the, and they interview, they, they put, showed old clips and they, they, they actually, there was a, there was a gentleman who, who, uh, he claimed that God told him to go save this man. It was a black gentleman. He was at his house. He thought it was, he heard his mom talking to him. Nobody was around. Yeah. And he, he, he listened and he said, I'm being told, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go save this man. <laughs> he, he, cause he's a truck driver. They couldn't get this truck out of there. Yep. He goes, gets the guy, loads him up in the truck and drove him to the hospital, saving his life essentially. Yeah. So you see the 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 good and the bad in people simultaneously, and there's there's no there, 
unfortunately, either side, I mean, you're susceptible to who, who's ever path you fall in at that point. It's dangerous and it's scary. Yeah. And that's, I, I saw where people, I used to see these videos maybe a year or two ago where a kid would wear a Trump 2020 hat at one of these, uh, protests yeah. and nothing would happen. There would be arguments, this and that. And I saw a recent one where he, he was walking, he walked into the protest with his MAGA hat on thinking, you know, okay, this is how it's going to go. And they beat the shit out of this kid. And it's like, this is not the time to be, you know, antagonizing people. (laughs) Do not, do not go. It's, it's really, it's not that it's like, don't go somewhere wearing this, but I mean, it's, it's almost like wearing gang colors at a certain point. You're, you're saying this is, this is the, it's, you know, what was it growing up? We always knew about the bloods and the crips. Yep. You had, you had the, the red for the bloods and you wore blue for the crips and, and you had two divisions. And if you walked into a neighborhood wearing a certain set of colors, you were going to get your ass beat. If you were in caught at the wrong place at the wrong time, same situation today, we're drawing those lines. It's the guy in the MAGA hat against the guy in the, the black lives matter shirt. And I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, you're each side has a right to protest the way they want to, exactly. but don't stop somebody else from having their voice be heard. Don't try to silence somebody else because that's just wrong. Let yeah. them have their voice. Let them have their moment. Let the, let all of us get out our opinions and our feelings and, and just deal with it. It doesn't have to come to violence and you don't have to pick these, you, you know, you have your side, I have mine, but you know what? I respect you for it. And why can't we just be decent about it? That's, that's exactly how I am too. I'm, I'm right down the middle. I am not, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I am right down the middle. And that's the thing is I also saw another video the other day, which made me kind of chuckle. It was a, uh, it was a girl. She was going around spray painting F12 on a bunch of people's cars and stuff, which is a code, I guess, for F the police. F12 is code. I, that's a new one yeah, for me. I'm I didn't know it either. That. I had to look it up. Um, but she was doing that and a bunch of people came up to her. They smashed all her windows out and they were heckling her. And what did she do? I don't know. She called the police <laughs> and it's like, this is what's happening yeah, though. You, right. you got to be careful with what you do and just remember to stay civil with each other. And that's what makes America a great place is that we can all have our opinions. Well, the scary thing is though, we are, this is being flashed in front of us daily even in our small town, the rumor mill that the Black Lives Matter protest coming through town was a it was going to be hijacked by left wing Antifa yeah. groups, and and you know the fear that was uh, resonating among uh, small business owners. It was interesting to hear, and and, yep. and we have been we have just gotten to the point now where we are so scared of people that we don't understand if we don't agree with somebody and if they can't see things the way we see them, we fear them. And, and it's, it shouldn't be that way. Like the civility of this country is completely gone. Like you can find that it exists. Don't get me wrong. You can find it, but not on TV. No, you're not going to find it there. You know, we, uh, we've seen, did you see the photo coming out of London over the weekend where it was the, the, the black lives matter protester carrying the, um, opposing, uh, 
uh, side, one of the, 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 the white guys was in danger. No. He threw him over his shoulder and carried him to safety. I mean, right. Not everybody is there to hurt people. And, and I, I think that if we could all, uh, understand each other is going through their own personal struggles. The people who are, are standing up for what they believe in, they believe it for a reason. Exactly. And you believe in uh, uh, Trump for a reason because you have certain struggles and you think he is the best solution to solving those struggles for you. But at the end of the day, the collective struggle of our country is what is allowing people who are in much higher power and greater influence to pit us against each other because they know together we're a hell of a lot stronger. We've got the numbers. I know. Imagine if we came together and you know, there was an uprising where it's like, forget, forget black lives matter. Forget Trump 2020. uh, Forget the MAGA guys. Let's combine our forces and go after the real problem. I don't care if you're pro-life or pro-choice. I don't care if you, uh, um, our, our, our pro second amendment or anti second amendment, we have a greater duty here. And until yep. people start stepping up to the plate and recognizing that you're going to continue to have this civil unrest, you're going to continue to have 15 years of struggle. How does that sound to you? No, I don't thanks. like it. Yeah. I don't want it. So get over yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, I- and do something about it. Like be, be, be the bigger person. Be the bigger it. person. I, it sounds so cheesy, but like everybody is just looking for their own personal happiness. And it's like, if these people sat down with each other and they really did, I know it just, uh, it sounds so cheesy, but if like people actually sat down with each other, we all are so similar in what we want. Um, and I think it's just like opinions have gone out the window yeah. nowadays. It's, it's terrible to see. Well, the, the opinion, too many of us throwing rocks when we live in the glass house right yeah. now. I think that's, that's the thing here. It's too and, bad. You know, I don't, I don't want to see this country come to a, a, a place where there's a civil war. Um, I don't think anybody wants to see it, even though the, their actions may say otherwise. Um, but that's, that's the the road we're going on. That's, that's the, the, the path we are on right now, a path to our own personal destruction right here in the struggle state. And that's not me saying that this, this is not Zach Hayes sitting back and saying this, this is the, uh, this is Peter Turchin who is at the university of Connecticut saying this. And he was the one who predicted this 10 years ago. So if I'm a betting man, and if we continue down this course, he might be predicting the downfall of boy. I hope the United not. States here. I hope not. Buckle up, guys. But guess what? <laughs> the struggle state will continue to report on this and any other story related to it, and we will continue to specul- speculate on these articles because what else is there to do right now? There's a hell of a lot to talk about. So always remember to follow us on Twitter at Struggle State and our website, strugglestate.com, will continue to bring you plenty of articles from around the web. Phil and I will be exploring every article that's worth exploring at this point um, because why? The struggle is real. Don't forget that. <laughs>